Yo, where you at, G? I'm on G. Olowa. Uwe to G. Yo, G. Ugoopi. Hey, G. Owe here. I'm in the studio. Studio. Welcome to Amp Stories Podcast. Hey y'all, it's your girl G, aka DJ First Lady. Welcome back to Am Stories Podcast Season 3. Today we got a special guest and we came all the way to Vegas just to interview this man. So special guests, are you ready? Let's get it. Let's get it. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, what's up, everyone? Uh, my name is Derek Jumphy. I'm an immersion technology strategist for a leading hospitality brand here in Las Vegas, Nevada. Immersion technology strategist, you're probably thinking, what does that mean? It, it essentially means um, either on the cutting edge of new technologies like AI, Web3, blockchain, crypto, metaverse, um, digital twin, all, all the new stuff, right? Um, NFTs and on the other, um, so that's kind of immersion technology. So, the, so it's my job to understand these new technologies and the trends um, around them. And then on the other side is strategy, right? It's my job to understand the business, the hospitality business that I work for across all verticals, being hospitality, entertainment, gaming, um, and then solve problems, right? How do I marry these cutting edge technologies to solve business problems? And then on the second part, how do I uncover new opportunities with it? Um, so that's that's what I do. Uh, my background is in accounting and mm-hmm. cybersecurity. It's kind of been a, it's been a journey. And um, outside of those projects, I also, there's a couple of passion projects. Outside of that full-time job, there's a couple of passion projects that I also work in. So it's a bit more about me. We want to know what the passion projects is, though. We can't, oh, my God. We can't, you could talk about your corporate life, but we want to know what the passion is. So, so, the, so passion. the passion project, um, the most recent one, you know, which I, which, you know, I, I guess, you know, you could call it a business, but it's, you know, it's, it's in pilot phase of where um, I rent out, um, I rent out Teslas. I rent out um, EV electric vehicles to uh, to ride share drivers. Um, and then the other one, it's more of a, a green and car startup um, business to help um, connect people in simple and simple and meaningful ways. So. So not digital cards, right? There's a lot of research out there that shows that digital cards, um, that uh, that physical cards and tangible notes um, actually do a lot for to prevent suicide and improve mental health. Um, so how do we make sure that we preserve the, um, the convenience of sending digital cards, but also keeping the tangibility of um, physical cards? So that's the other start. What made you want to do that? Which one? The cards. That one is, the, the I, cards? Can feel, I can feel the, you know, the um, The cards, it, it kind of just came about from... I mean, I work in tech. I love people. I love to connect, to just connect with people. And um, sometimes I just feel like, you know, just sending a text of, you know, happy birthday, how you doing? It's just, it's just not enough. It doesn't carry enough weight. Um, so I just felt like it would be more, more authentic if um, if Gloria's birthday is coming up and I could still send Gloria a her birthday, uh, you know, birthday card, mm-hmm. glorious baby shower. I know you don't got a baby, but glorious <laughs> baby showers coming up. And I can send Gloria more than just a text, mm-hmm. right? Um, but in a way that I can still, um, it doesn't have, I don't have to go to the store, go to the post office, in a way that is still convenient. So that's how that came up. And there was no solution really out there. And if there was, there was a gap in having um, in more Afrocentric themes. So how do we kind of bridge that and merge that and make that happen? I know that's right. So let's let's take it back though, all the way back. You said you're an accountant major. Someone's gonna be like, "How did we get here from uh, accountant to emerging technology? What happened in that moment that made you kind of switch over to tech life?" Man, um, one God, you know, just 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 to be real, God. But um, you know, I so in accounting, and it's funny because I you know I went to college. You know, I'm I'm West African. I'm Ghanaian. 
um, I went to college to be a pharmacist, right? So, but I've always had a passion for um because in an African household, you just you just got to get into healthcare. That's just yeah. the thing, uh, like that. right? <laughs> that's, that's that's just the thing. Um, so I actually went to college um, to be a pharmacist. I was a business admin and chemistry major, um, and I ended up taking my first accounting class. And it just it just made sense, right? Um, I'm not a math person, but the dollar sign in front of the number <laughs> just kind of you know just kind of made sense. So um, I switched my major, and it, it kind of also it cost a a rift between like my parents and my family because I was going I was going um, against what um, what they thought was security. But I think that also you know it lit a fire under me that I had to figure it out. Right, so switched to accounting, ended up landing an internship you know with a with a big four accounting firm, and realized that oh in accounting this technology in accounting. So from that internship, I learned about um, kind of IT audit, risk assurance, cybersecurity. So I decided to go back to grad school for, to study cybersecurity. And that's how I got into tech. And in the emerging technology space, back when I was in college, again, there was, a, um, there was a boss I had worked for in college who took a CEO role here in Las Vegas and kind of um, just recruited me out here that, hey, Derek, I need a man of your talent in Las Vegas to come modernize an organization. Shout him um, out real quick because he uh, His name is Dr. Mark J. Scott from Buffalo, New York. Um, and, man, um, it's funny, I was telling one of my frat brothers earlier this week that, man, um, he literally transformed my life. He sure did. Like, yes. uh, you know, there's no way my leadership um, ability, my confidence, my ability to just empathy, just to be in the corporate space and just be confident as a black, as a young black man. Um, by the way, I'm 26 years old is... Um, if my executive presence is all from things that I learned from this man. That so, is amazing. That's the power of mentorship. Power of mentorship. So though. when he lit the fire in you, have you been able to lit the, light, light the fire in other people? Oh, man, it's, just, it's a daily thing, right? It's a daily thing. Um, I think part of my being is also part of it. My story is also just to just to kind of just give it back, right? Um, you know, I never... You know, it's funny at the start of the podcast, even in my introduction, I don't say I'm, a, I'm an entrepreneur because to me it's more... It's more than that, right? It's really more about, look, how do you see me? Um, I was born in Ghana. Uh, my parents, you know, my mother's an immigrant. I have, you know, I'm the oldest of five. At 26, I mean, I own a home. There's these things I do. Um, it's, it's like nobody would have saw me five years. Nobody would have saw me when I was three years old, when I was five, when I was, um, when I was 10, and, and think this would be my story, right? So I think um, it's just important that people hear that. It's important that, like, yo, you can do it. Like, it's not... It's not rocket science. I think we see other people do it and think like, yo, it's not it's impossible. You know, they they had that's like, yo, dude. I have a dang thing. Yeah, I have nothing. <laughs> like, dude, man, I got I got some pictures I could show you and they're like, yo, like it's a, it's a journey and it's going to happen for you. Sometimes you just gotta just be, you know. I would say, well, I would ask, how important is it to find people that are able to support you in your life's journey. And if you are needing someone like that, how do you find that type of person? Um, Just like your mentor did for you. You know, yeah, I think, um, you know, it's funny. I, I say this a lot. It's like, yo, um, the posture of your heart is far greater than your education, any experience, any skills, or anybody you'd ever meet. Right. Um, and the reason I say that is when people meet you, they feel the posture of your heart. Right. Um, and it's funny, I was telling um, one of my frat brothers on um, Brandon, uh, like, like, do like just because of who you are, your humility, the way you treat people, your empathy, it um, it opens doors for people to pour into you because of just being that. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and so, you know, sometimes I think, you know, we, uh, you know, it's funny, you know, I got pray out of that. Praise God. I want to seek your hand. Uh, yeah, I want to seek your face more than your hand. But and I think that translates to people as well. 
when when you're looking for a mentor, mentors don't want you to seek their hand. They want they, they want you to seek their story. They want they want you to actually be generally want you want to know about yeah. them. But, you know, they're not trying to give you um give you the the steps by step that they took, but you want to know how they overcame the things that they overcome. So you essentially want the ingredients and not the food. Yes, I agree. Yeah. With that being said, though, we got to take a break. DJ First Lady in the mix. Provide 
peace, you give me purpose, my provider. And when my enemies surround me, got me tied up. When they throw me in the pit inside the fire, you are my God and my King and my Father. Light to my path in the darkness, hope in my heart when they heartless falling. You reach out and call us. You're the lover of my soul, love is flawless. They don't understand my goddess. Keeping me high, I know they go low. Cause me, I know, I know they so lost my drive and I make my tea. It's a man, I need go. Sir Derek. What up, man? Name two things you think people need to do to just be able to overcome some of their trials and tribulations that they're going through. You know, the first thing that comes to mind is like, I'm a Christian, right? Um, it's faith, right? Um, and faith is a big part of my life, right? Um, and part of the reason why faith is a big part of my life is because, um, you know, I think a lot of the anxieties and trial and tribulations that we have is because we think it's because of us and we think we have control over it. Right. Um, where we, where, where, what faith does for me is you actually really don't like, um, your steps are ordained. Like, um, God's like for me, you right. I don't know what everybody else said, but for me, it's like, I trust that God is my good shepherd. Right. Um, and I was saying this the other day, it's like, yo, um, a scripture in the Bible that um, that resonated with me like the other day was like, yo, if your your earthly father, when you ask for um, fish, won't give you a snake, how much more your heavenly father? Right. So I think of that as like, yo, my father, my, my father upstairs, like always want good things for me. And because he always wants good things for me, because he has these promises for me. It's never over until it's good. That's it. It's just one. It's just like it's never over until it's good. And knowing that, that translates into every other area of my life. Um, The second thing that I would say that people need to kind of understand to overcome trials and tribulations is, bro, it's not a, and I feel like this is so cliche, but it's it's not a destination. Like one thing that I, you know, I say often is like, yo, it's the habits um, routines and systems that you build today that lead you where you want to play, like where you need to go. David didn't become king overnight. David did not slay Goliath overnight. Um, or even let's put David aside, Joseph. Joseph was sold into slavery, but Joseph's Joseph's promise was in the land, in the land that he was so was in the land that he was a slave. His promise was there. So sometimes when I say it's not over, like until it's good, you have to understand, you have to just accept the season that you're in. They're like, yo, it's it's working out and just stay consistent, have the right routines, have the right systems, and they'll eventually be where you want to go. So the third one, give us a bonus. Give you a third you one. Said, you said to have the right routines. Now, how can someone actually create the right routines when they they know about their old habits like how are they supposed to change those new to make create new habits better yet um i'm a firm believer in like people know what's good for them right we like like people we always know what we're supposed to do and we're not supposed to but sometimes we just we're just not just don't listen 
right? Um, so I think it's making that firm decision in terms of creating the habits, right? Creating the right routines, creating the right systems. Um, it's just how bad do you want it? You actually, do you want, how bad do you want it? You actually want it. And how, and what are you willing to give to let go because you want it? And if you're not willing to let go, you don't want it bad enough. So let it rock. And when you're ready, you eventually, it's going, you eventually want it bad enough for you're ready. But right now, just accept the fact that you're not right. Um, well, you can't heal what you don't reveal, accept where you are and just live there. So what do you want right now that's so bad enough that you'll be able to give up whatever it is that you need to give up? Man, man, I want to be everything that God's called me to be. And I don't know what that fully looks like, um, but I've seen how far he's brought me when I wasn't fully obedient. Right. Um, and I can't imagine what what my life would look like um, in just even like even in my disobedience, even in me, just like my mess ups and my like best been grace for that. But I can't imagine what my life would look like if I actually just listened, if I actually just leaned in. Um, so what do I want back? It's, what, what my answer is everything that he wants. He wants for me. Um, and what am I willing to give up to get there is bad habits. Like, I, you know, I want to give up the, um, you know, waking up in the morning after a night of drinking, like, damn, man, I just missed my meeting. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be extremely unproductive today yeah. because, you know, I was, I was out till 3 a.m. last night. Right. Um, I want, I want to get that up. Right. Um, you know, I, I want to give up multiple women. Right. Um, that, I mean, that's personally something that, um, that yeah, as a young man, I've, I've struggled with. Right. Um, it's, it's distracting. It's, it's work. It's, it doesn't bring peace. I want enough peace to pursue what God's called me to be. So those are the things I'm going to give up. Awesome. So we're going to drive back real quick. Wherever you want to go. To man. your passion projects, right? Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about you and these te- these Teslas. What made you think Teslas was the best route? Dude, man. Um, well, there's a couple answers to that. The okay. first one being... Uh, I've always just been passionate about um, technology. I'm, uh, Bank of America was my first stock, but Tesla was like probably my second or my second or third stock I ever bought. And I always just believed that um, just EV, EV was the future. Even like in the even in the seasons where like it went down, I just held on. So understanding that by right now the market um, the market penetration for EV only about five percent cars are electric vehicles, but um, the market says that by twenty thirty um, about I think it's 50% of cars would be EVs. It's like, yo, EVs is the future. Um, Tesla specifically is because of the tech, right? Um, the second, and the second reason is because um, Teslas have the lowest maintenance cost around for all cars, all vehicles. So if I was going to venture into the business of a, a project of rentals, like, yo, I want to keep my costs low and I want something that's sustainable long-term, right? Um, and also something that's good for, for, good for the environment, right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my thought process behind Okay, I don't. I'm going to sell because I sold a car to buy. We took kind of started. You know, I'm going to sell this Chevy Impala to get two Teslas because I because I'm convicted that's the future. Okay, so now break it down for us. How did it start? Where you at now? Where do you hope to? All right. Uh, well, it, it started with me getting a Tesla and like, yo, this is it's different. <laughs> like, this is different. This is, you know, there's cars and there's cars. Um, but before I did that. You know, my game plan there was, you know, I got a Tesla. Um, I had another car uh, that took me that took me through college. You know, it was approaching a, a number of different miles. So I put that on Turo. Um, and for those that don't know, Turo is a peer-to-peer um, car rental app, very similar to, to essentially Airbnb for cars. Um, so I put that on Turo, and it was making decent money. 
right? Uh, so I'm like, and that oh. was out here, right? Yeah, this was in Las Vegas. So making decent money. So I'm like, oh, all right, well, I know EV's the future. Let me sell this car that's on tour right now and get two Teslas and put it back on tour. Don't time out. Because someone's going to be like, how did you sell a Chevy Impala to get a Tesla? Break that down. Good credit. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Good it credit. has to be known. Okay. Yeah, like, good cool. credit. Um, you know, good credit uh, financial stewardship. Uh, you know, I, I sold the Chevy Impala and I, I split the, I sold it for 15, you know, for 15 grand, split the down payment, 7,500, put it as a down payment for two test black Tesla model threes. Um, and that was the game plan. I was going to put them on two row, but over the course of, I ordered these cars, I think in April of 2022, um, and Tesla's normally take about three to six months for them to get delivered. Um, over the course of the September delivery, I was having conversations with a couple, couple of different people, just. Just in common, and in one of the conversations, you know, I learned that um, those, you know, those a pretty close friend that was renting a Tesla for um, about well, renting a Tesla from a uh, from a rental company for a um, couple of dollars, a couple of dollars. Wait, why were they renting? Uh, they were renting it to drive Lyft. Oh, or drive okay, Uber okay, for a couple okay. of dollars. I'm like, dang. Um, so in that conversation, I'm like, hey, bro. You know, I got one of these cars coming. It's the exact same thing, and they're gonna be better. Like I'm going, I'm going to have a, a mat in there. Um, it's gonna be tinted. Um, would you rent from me when it gets here? It's like, yeah, for sure. I'm like, yeah, I got you. Um, so the cars came, and that was my first customer, right? So if anybody's in tech, like, it's always getting your first customer. That was my first customer, and my second customer was, you know, I was in a, I was in a, um, a, a hookah lounge. I'm um, talking to the server, and he was just very, just inspiration. Like, he just, he just want to go get. It. I'm like, dude. If, you work, don't you? You work at night, right? Um, you're a bartender during the day. You could, I mean, you could drive. I have one, one of these cars coming. Would you? He was like, yeah, for sure. So the car, so the two uh, two cars came, and before the September delivery, I already had two. I already had two drivers for them. So eventually, my model ship, my model shifted from I'm going to put this car on two road to hey, I think there's decent niche market of like people that will actually rent these specific cars because if you know how ride share works. Um, they got to pay for gas. It's they make more money, and Uber also gives you an extra dollar every ride if your car's an electric vehicle, right? So it's like, oh, this makes more sense for them. So, and it, it also because of my busy schedule with Turo, you actually pick up, drop off. There's a number of people going in and outside of the cars. With the business now is it's that they have the car for my their long term rentals. Well, so my shortest um, rental is three months, three months, six months, and my longest is twelve months. Right now, all my drivers, the minimum contract I have is a six month, so I don't even see the cars. So that's kind of how I started the business. Um, we're still in pilot phase, kind of evolving right now. But as of right now, in total, I personally, my, my business personally owned four cars, four Teslas. And um, recently just found a, not even found, this has been like my, my barber, my friend, my mentor, um, a pops of mine. He also got two Teslas. Is that Rob? That's Rob. That's Rob. So in total, we have six Teslas in total. You know, one, one, you know, one is mine and five are full, five, five are, um, will you And it's on wall. Like it's, it's working. Right. So it's still, we're still kind of a season of like, this is crazy. Like it actually be working. Right. And don't get me wrong. There's still nuances around, okay, how does insurance work? Right. So there's still things around the process that we're still optimizing. That's why it's still in, um, it's kind of we're evolving out of this pilot phase because okay we tried this now we know we've learned a lot now how do we really evolve this into um uh, into a product right um so where we'd wanted to go um i like to say that i mean daily the goal that i've set is like okay we have five cars that are out now excluding mine um what does it look like if we have 50 in the next two to three um and 
I mean, you know, God, if that's where you want the business to go, it's a matter of time. It's going to happen. So what issues are you currently dealing with to just operate the business? The biggest question mark in starting the business was around insurance of the cars and insurance for the drivers. Because essentially for their rental, weekly rental rate, um, it covers maintenance, so it co- covers maintenance, 24-7 support and insurance. Like when they get the car, they get the car. Like they don't pay for nothing else. Right. Um, and the question mark has been, OK, what does this look like? Yes, this works at um, uh, with the And I just I literally just switched over insurances like this week, this past week. Um, what does this look like with um, with 50 people on one insurance? Right. And yeah, and, and that was the biggest question mark. But after I just switched over to a new insurance company, which will allow us to scale mm-hmm. um, the business where um, with outside of kind of with, yes, I can only have eight drivers or eight cars on one policy, but they'll be able to so for 50 drivers. I would have five or six policies, okay. right? Um so that's, that's where the business is. And, you know, that, that's kind of the biggest challenge that we had before. But like I said, literally today, the last car got its own, it's, it's insurance. Like I just got the, um, the I just, yeah, I just got the confirmation and got the card and sent it over to the driver. So that was the biggest question mark. Um, the second thing that we're, you know, we're trying to figure out, mind you, I also say this is we, we found these five drivers and I'll set them up for it with, we don't have a website. Right. We've done no marketing whatsoever, mm-hmm. right? Um, so the biggest thing now is, okay, there's still some manual processes that we still got to figure out, like um, the drive, for the drivers to start driving, we do a background check. Um, they have to take a defensive driving course. These are things they have to do on their own, but ideally we'd be able to automate that for them, yeah. right, um, where it comes from the company. Um, in terms of like their, um, their charging reimbursement, right? Um, Ideally, we'd want to be able to make sure that's all automated in an app that they'll be able to see uh, that they'll be able to see all of that in real time. Versus, I have to I have to send them an email right, right with the charge for them to pay. So those are kind of just, at this point very minor nuances that we got to work on in the business. Um, so, but it's right now there's nothing that's kind of keeping me up at night. That's good. I hope nothing keeps you up at night. <laughs> she said, "You got a time." I know, right? She said, "We got a time." Okay. That's fine, but I have one more question, right? And so my question is, to continue to be resilient, what advice would you give to someone watching this right now and saying, you know, I also want to be inspirational one day, but also have passion projects and also try to live life as an adult? Because living life as an adult, listen, it ain't easy. It ain't easy. Got to wake up, got to find something to eat, got to go to work, got to come back and eat again. You're trying to be healthy and then go what take a shower, work out, trying to have a a life outside of just work. I mean, people, it's it's, it's the whole thing. People trying to network. Wow, to be an adult is not easy. I don't even feel like it's funny. I was just saying this last night, or I think I was telling you too. It's like, I don't even feel like an adult. I I feel that part. I feel that. I'm like, I don't even feel like an adult because, like, even as part of like, um. Just this is whole insurance, the Bosco, you know, one of the, the new provider that I, um, that, the new company that I found wanted to combine my homeowner insurance, right, with the for a discount. And I'm like, oh, so do I got to pay for that? Like, it's like, do I got to pay for that? Like, how does that work? It's like, oh, no, your mortgage company, you, you, you know, what's your mortgage? It's like, oh, shoot. So they pay for that. From, I'm like, how do they? So it's like, it's, there's these 
it's like y'all but adult, but I'm like, there's these things that like, dude, because you know, my because of how I grew up, my parents not, not having like that, I wasn't exposed to like I ain't even know these things. These are adult things I gotta do, you know. Um, so I think for me, my advice for people that are trying to, to you know, that, that are trying to really push forward, really trailblaze is like, dude, you you, you like you got it. Like you got it in you. Like um like a good an- analogy that I'll give is like do you know i think when we think of employment we think of jobs we only think of like or resumes per se we think of our experience as um as kind of the first job that we ever had not really thinking that look look my leadership experience um my financial experience bro i've been living this my whole life i'm the oldest of five i've been leading my family like lean so really like think back to it's when you come back to your experience and your ability to be resilient and move forward, what are what are the things you already you previously already overcame? Mm-hmm. Right? What are the things that like I think in a degree, I think we were so quick to forget how we how resilient we were in previous seasons when it comes to the next challenge. And and for me, it's like, yo, just remember how you got through the last situation and just keep what well, keep going forward that the next one it'll be the exact same way. Now, how do you tell that to someone that's interviewing you for a job? Because sometimes they're like, oh, you don't have that work experience. Um, you know, you know, I think it's it's just how you um it's it's how you speak about the experiences, right? Like for me, fortunately enough, like I went to high school in Ghana. And uh, my and my father, uh, my father's a pharmacist that I got to, and a businessman that I, a lot of my business acumen at the age of um, of 16 of going to high school was from the summers that I worked with my dad and just observing how he worked and lived in the house, right? And how he even just moved, how he spoke. A lot of my executive presence is because of what I saw, right? Um, where, you know, I'm looking back now at 26, um, it's like, yo, yeah, I could say my dad was not here for this, but man, the you know the gifts that I have, the traits that I have from just the observation, approximate of being I, I would have got it in. I would have got it anywhere, right? So I think it's just being able to talk about the experience and removing, and especially in interviews, and removing kind of the personal aspect of it, and just like your resume, what were the tangible skills that you you know that you got out of it? Your communication skills, um, compassion, empathy, like these are not things that you just get at a nine to five corporation. You built this in life. You built this servant and as a volunteer at, at a nonprofit, like op- mentoring other people. You built leadership, mentoring other people. Right. Open your doors, up, like open the doors up to be able to actually um, do more of these things that are not. You, you think they're not giving you financial gain because that's what we think about. The, but the value is so much more greater. One last question for people that you know have this mindset that they do want to branch out, they do want to be able to speak more and just network. What can you, how can you motivate them because they have this shyness in them or this fear? What would you say is the best way for them to just take that leap of faith? Take the leap of faith around what networking? Yeah, networking and just being more out there, you know, because let me give you an example. As a Ghanaian, right? You always have that saying of, oh, don't tell people what you're doing. Or just keep everything Ooh, to yourself. Dumb. Don't, don't, yeah, don't share. Just, you know, walk in silence if you have to put your head down. That humbleness, right? What? Yeah. Well, I, 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 I like. I don't. One, I don't. I don't believe in that. And All if right. I did, if I talk, did, talk if you. I did, I wouldn't even be doing this podcast. Like, I, yeah, I don't really fully believe in that. Um, you know, I feel like the same way. You know, walk in silence, do things in silence, um, because you're afraid of curses. It's the same way you're also blocking blessings, right? Like, you, it's, it's, it's like I can't help you if I don't know what you need. Yes. Like it's, it's funny. Um, one of my one, um, one of my one of my friends, 
she's a pastor. She said this. It's like, yo, same thing as we look at God, like, yo, if we don't reveal what we want God to, it's like, it's, dude, it's just, you're keeping it to yourself. Like God cannot break through, break through some, if you break through, if you haven't given him anything to break through, it, it applies same thing with people. Like people can't help you if you don't share, uh, if you don't share with them. And so that, that's the first, that's the first thing. It's like, you just, just gotta go out there. Like, yo, if, you know, if you're working in silence, you're going to be isolated. You can work, you can work alone. Um, and sometimes, you know, the prayer that you're praying in silence, the provision that you want in silence is the person sitting next to you. It's the person at the next door. It's the person that's your neighbor. And, and all you have to do is say hi. Like, oh, and I'll give you a very, my third driver, my third driver. Um, it's funny. He'll actually be here in a second. How I found him was, um, so after the two cars got a driver, I'm like, oh, shoot, this is going to work. Let me get another one. Let me get another one. So I got got that one, and it was on tour for about a month. And um, it was was booked one day, and I went to the charging station. And I just felt this in my, something in my spirit, like, yo, random stranger. But he had a Tesla in the the charging port next to me, and it had Uber on it. And my spirit said, just go talk to him. Right. Um, I didn't know how the conversation was going. It was just like, yo, I'm going to just go talk to him. Right. We had a conversation. He's renting from he's renting from Uber, um, told him a bit more about the business. He was like, yo, I can't even like with he's renting from Hertz. Okay. Um, like, yo, I can't even get in contact with Hertz when I need them. Yeah, absolutely. I'll take your number. Literally from the date that I met him um, three weeks later, he just called me like, yo, um, yeah, my contract with Hertz just ended. Do you have a call for me on Monday? Right. And it's like, yeah, dude, I got you. <laughs> my, and it's, it's funny. And it's crazy because I'm like, I know I'm, I was actually in, it was my around my birthday and I was in Mexico for a wedding at the time. I'm like, okay, when I get back, I got you. He, as soon as I was like, okay, I'll wait until Monday. As soon as I got back, we just had, had the conversation and he signed. My four driver was, uh, I was dropping my little brother off at school. And I saw that he, I, you know, I saw that he had, uh, he had a test and we just started talking. Um, it didn't happen then, but then about a month ago, he's like, I literally just signed him out, um, a, a, literally a month ago. I went to pick up something or drop off something for my brother. He was there and we just had a conversation. That was the second time. That was the second time we we're meeting. It. So it didn't happen the first time. <laughs> mm-hmm. This was the second time that we we're meeting. It's was like, oh yeah. And because at the time the cars were not here yet. Okay. Right. Uh, well, the cars already had drivers, but I kind of just told him about the business. And this time, you know, I, you know, I had, I had a car for him. Um, so we just talked. He was like, yeah, you know, let's just set up some time. Let's follow up. Um, so we followed up. the fox, So this was on a Friday. The Saturday, we went to the park. And it was just, you know, just to kind of just talk. And um, at the moment I walked, I stepped out of my car. And he was like, bro, you don't even got to sell me the business. Like, you <laughs> I'm don't even got to, uh, like, I'm in. Love that. Um, and we just spent the time just hearing a bit more about his story. And I think the profound thing about your black EV and the business is we tend to sit in, um, we, tend, we tend to sit in these cars and like in Ubers and things like, yo, these are just drivers, but these are just people too. And they all have such profound stories. And I think we should all listen. So from a networking standpoint, I just think, yo, just speak, just go, just take the lead. And then the final thing I would say is like, yo, you always network to give and not to get. Like that. That is all. That was a lot. Thank you, Sir Derek, for being here. And I truly appreciate you opening your home for us to, to do this podcast. We really appreciate you. And, That's it for today's episode. Peace.